Hello, guys. Welcome to Gold Trimmers and Travis Garrison. We got a special guest, my big bro, uh, Dwayne Simpkins, uh, you know, former Turf, former Stag, you know, my brother, uh, Field of 68 Networks. Uh, man, welcome to the show, man. Definitely appreciate having you on. Oh, thank you for having me, man. It was just high time, man. We got some, we got some Turf action going on. I saw James Guest, Walt, and everything. So high time we got the, we got the Turps going, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah, man, definitely, man. I, like I said, man, I've, I've definitely been enjoying doing this and, and talking to guys who I played with or came before me and just hearing the stories. You know, it's funny because before I went to Dematha, I didn't really follow college basketball, so I wasn't I wasn't hip to anything, man. So when I went to Dematha, it was like a crash course of who's who in regards to college yeah. basketball, the coaches, because you know the coaches are coming to the gym, don't open gym, so that's the way the guys used to point out the coaches to me and. Kind of like I said, the, the, it was a crash course, man. So to hear the stories and the, uh, when you guys were playing uh, in your days, man, just to hear uh, the legacy and to hear how things were going, man, it's, it's, it's great. I'm enjoying it. Awesome. Awesome, man. Doing a hell of a job. I appreciate I appreciate that, man. I, I'm trying, man. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm, trying I'm, I'm trying, man. Um, I, I know I know you're coaching at uh, George Mason right now, but do you have a chance to, like, catch out any of the turf games? Yeah, I try to um... – you know, obviously, uh, it's a lot easier now with uh, the fact that we're not out recruiting and everything. But even still, man, I try to make it a, uh, you know, make it a, a point to DVR the games and watch them and everything, you know, because no matter where I am, man, I bleed turf red, red, black, red, gold and white, you know what I mean? So, right. um, you know, just I always watch those guys, always rooting for them, man. And, you know, I, I drop Coach Turge in a text every now and then about a good win and that type of thing. So. You know, I always want to see those guys do well. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I had talked to a few guys, man, and, you know, they were doing really well last year. You know, I had a chance to possibly win it, and then COVID happened. You yeah. know, just, you know, just, I, I was just like, man, just imagine when I was a player, man, just if something like that was to happen, especially like if you was like a senior, like the, the Sticks or the Conway, like when they about to be out and they had a chance man. to win it, and then you that yeah. close, and then they take the season away from you. So it's, I know, you know, health is more important, but just like all the hard work and the push through and the grind and yeah. all, everything that, that goes into preparing for the game and, and just going out there and giving you all and then have something like that happen, man. I was just like, man, like that's, that's, yeah, that's man. a tough one. It's, it's, it's tough, man. I mean, we were in Brooklyn. We had just won our first round game of the A-10 tournament and our game was at like whatever, 2, 2.30. And the game before us was UMass against, I can't remember who else, maybe St. Bonaventure, and um, I'm in my room, ironing my shirt, and I see Matt McCall, who's the head coach at UMass. I see him. The game's game's tipping off, and I see him on the phone, walking around at half court. And I'm like, oh, this this is not good, you know. And then to see the the look on our guys' faces, man, when we told them that we're done for the year, and for our league specifically, man, I really felt bad for anthony grant and those guys at dayton man because i i think they had a legitimate shot of, of winning a national championship you know um so again man everybody is uh, like you said the most important thing is the mental the mental and, and the physical well-being of our student athletes and staffs and everything um i just hope that we can get back to quote-unquote normal the new normal sooner than later right absolutely man and and me too, man. You know, just watching the games and, and seeing how things are being played, you know, and even this season now with the Terps, man, you know, they had a, a number of good wins against top-ranked teams who I think yep. was, was going to help them towards down the line, especially with the momentum going, going right into tournament time. Um, I think that'll be huge for them. I know they just uh, took an L a couple of nights ago 
Um, but you know, you know, things could change. They got a few, got a number of games left. They they can, you know, pick things back up and get things going. You know how it is, man, when you're an athlete or when you're on a team and you know, just all you need is a couple of good wins and you get that That's momentum it. back going. That's it. And especially now, man, I mean, you know, people feel to realize that the average fan, you know, they look at these kids as robots, man. And like these kids. This, there's a lot of anxiety going on from day to day within the student athletes, man, on these college campuses. You know, you, I was just telling my wife the other night, I was telling her about the situation that happened at Carolina. You know, the kids are celebrating in their dorms of a big time win against, against Duke. You know, I told her, I said, hey, I remember we beat Duke at the buzzer. You know, we catch a charter flight back. We head straight to the club. We was partying. You know, we was having a damn good time. Like. That's what college basketball is supposed right. to be like, you know? Right, 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 right. Now you get a big time win, you go back to your dorm and you're like, all right, stay in your rooms. Like, that's not, that's, that's not normal. That's not normal, right. man. That's why I think that's why you see such a fluctuation in the uh in the performances of of teams and more specifically the in individual players, man, because this is it's tough, man. This is really right. tough. Now, absolutely, man. And <clears throat> you know, you see a lot of teams that's usually ranked high, it's not even ranked anymore. Or not ranked as high because we're talking about the fans being there and how big how big of a part the, the fans played. And now your your fans is, is 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 the bench. Your bench has whoever has the loudest bench is the home team. <laughs> right, right. And not to mention, you know, a, a program like Kentucky, right? Everybody, bunch of people crushing Calipari and everything. People feel to realize how important that six or eight weeks in the summertime is for an incoming freshman to get his feet wet obviously off the court and then on the court, strength and conditioning, taking a class or two just to get your feet wet, uh, getting that, an idea of how to play with your teammates and then how to play college basketball. You know, anybody could tell you, man, like I was a McDonald's All-American coming out of high school. Nothing could, could prepare you for, you know, in this case, the ACC until you got out there and you got numerous reps of practice and playing and practice and playing like, these kids are 17, 18 years old. They're going up against grown men. They played against Richmond in our league. Richmond got them good. You know, they got five guys that are 22 years old. You know, I don't care how talented you are. You coming from high school, you're playing against grown men in college. Right. That takes some time. That takes some right. time. I think you're starting to see, you're starting to see that with some of the the, the, the blue bloods that have really young talent, you know, the Dukes and the, and the uh, Kentuckys of the world. You know, it's college basketball. You got grown men right. going up against high school kids, kids, kids that are just transitioning from high school. It's a big deal. Right, right, absolutely, man. And like you said, man, just like I said, me watching the games and seeing how things are now with no fans, and you know, you actually can hear that everything that's going on. And like you said, just the change, man. You you talking about some guys that were probably sophomore juniors or seniors that had the fans around. Then you go from having that to now it's like you playing open gym. You playing yeah. open gym. It's open gym. It's open yeah. gym. Yeah. Open gym with scouting reports. Your coach still wants you to make sure you're closing out on the, <laughs> on the shooter properly and the non-shooter properly. So yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's pretty much like uh, like pickup, but it's uh with with a little bit more structure. Right, right, absolutely, man. Um, I definitely me, man. I know for sure. I want to I want to talk to you a little bit about this, and I'm pretty sure a lot of fans want to know too. But like you know, what 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 made what made you choose Merlin? I know you had a lot of options, man. Um. I know you had a lot of options that the school to choose from. What made you choose uh, the Terps? Um, man, I growing up, you know, in the in the eighties and everything, man. I, I'll be honest with you, like Georgetown basketball was it. You know, I wanted I wanted to be a Georgetown Hoya. I wanted to run and jump and press and 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 be a part of Hoya paranoia and everything. That's what I grew up with. 
and then I had a, a slow transition and Johnny Dawkins being from the DC area and Tommy Amaker, you know, that those Duke teams, man, I, I had the, the wristband like John, Johnny Dawkins did. I wore the number 24, you know, I couldn't jump like him, but I tried to play like him. I was like, man, I want right. to go to Duke now. Right, right, right. And then, and then fast forward, I, um, you know, Saturday mornings, man, back in the day, anybody my age can tell you, Raycom Sports, you know, you watch an ACC basketball, man, you play, you you know, you see UVA, you see Carolina, you see Duke, you see NC State, Chris Corciani, and and all of those guys. And then this Lim Bias guy, who's from PG County, like I am, he's on the scene and you're just watching him. You're like, man, like this dude is, he's awesome. And I remember it like it was yesterday, man, his, um, after his junior year, the year that he got drafted, I, I met him face to face for the first time. It was at the Capitol Classic, uh, that, you know, the long running uh, big time all-star game that was going on here in the DC area. And he was sitting courtside and me and, and some of my, 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 uh, my boys club teammates, our team went to the game and we went up to him, man, and, and like dapped him up and talked a little bit. And he talked about, you know, Hey, make sure you guys take care of your work in the classroom and keep working on your game and everything. And then you fast forward two months, two months later, like he's passed away. Yeah. And if you're from this area, man, you, you know, as well as I know, every single person can tell you where they were when, when, when Lenny Bias, when they found word that Lenny Bias had passed, you know, uh, when I watched the 30 for 30 video, man, I mean, I got chills. I, I got, you know, tears because that, that really hit home, man. But from that period, I was like, man, I, I want to be a Maryland Turk. And then the last one, Walt Williams, you know, when I was in high school, uh, Walt Williams just cut my hair. When I was a senior in high school, <laughs> I would right. drive down the route one because I didn't have a full schedule. And, you know, DeMath is literally less than 10 minutes away from Maryland. So right. I would get out, man, around 12 o'clock. I would drive down, go up in the dorms, and, and Walt would either cut my hair or we would all sit in the dorms and watch The Young and the Restless. we sit down and, and watch the stories. <laughs> Oh, as, as a team, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm a high school kid, but I'm just, I'm, I'm indoctrinated into the program. I'm sitting around and, you know, we're talking about the stories and everything, man. But like to see what Walt Williams did to have yeah. an opportunity to transfer and not have to sit out and for him to say, I made a commitment to Maryland and this is where I want to be. Uh, that really resonated with me, man. And so uh, I give a lot of props to, uh, to Walt, man, because I was like, I want to do what this dude did. Absolutely, man. I hear a lot of guys talk about that. Either, you know, talk about the land bias or Walt, like you said, man. Walt, um, like I spoke to him, I spoke to Coach Williams, and just talked about how how the importance of him deciding to stay. You know, he could like he could have left. He's someone like a six eight guard, man. So he could have he could have left, but he decided, like you said, man, that commitment, staying home, um, being loyal. Um, so like you said, man, that's that's huge, man. That's that's I hear that I hear that all the time. Every time you talk about murder basketball. Talk about Lynn Bison, talk about the, the importance of Walt Stan. Yeah, for me, man, Walt Williams, that was that was it. That was it. I wanted I want to be like, I want to do what Walt did for the right. DC area. Yeah, absolutely, man. And um, man, so so being a McDonald's All-American, coming from the math, what was it like, like you said, that transition? Now you now you're going from the high school game. Obviously, you know, the math we, we play a lot of tough teams, so we have that experience, but you're talking about now you're going into the ACC. Now Man, it's, it's 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 a little it's a little different, like you said. It's grown men. It's a little <laughs> right. different now. So, so what was that experience like? Like the transition? It was it was it was tough. I didn't realize how tough it was going to be until we started practice. Because uh, like in the, in in the 
in the preseason, we're playing pickup ball. You know, it's, it was much different then. We couldn't enroll in the summertime and take classes then. You had to wait wow. until the fall. So I'm playing pickup ball. And, you know, the uh, starting point guard at the time was Kevin McClinton, who was a really, really solid point guard, man, the ACC, the 6'4", 205. You know, I'm six foot one. 58 160 maybe as a freshman i remember playing pickup you know there's some structure but not i'm quicker than him faster than him and getting to spots and everything and then once we start practice and it's like hey you got to run this particular play and in this play you've got to get the ball to this spot at this particular time and so now yeah you could use your speed and everything but now that that forearm gets you and you don't get to that spot as quick um I wasn't as used to the speed of the game. Uh, you know, I was a decent three-point shooter, pretty good three-point shooter when I was uh, coming out of high school. And because of the speed of the game, because of the length that you're going against, you know, I'm no longer shooting 38 to 40%. You know, my freshman year, I think I shot 27% from three. You know, it took quite a while for me personally to, uh, one, get used to the speed and the length. You know, like, it wasn't like I was transitioning playing in the Patriot League. You know, no disrespect to Patriot League or anything, but it was playing the ACC. You know, right. uh, you know, uh, Randolph Childress, Chris Whitney at the time, Jeff McGinnis, like I was going against pros every single night. And then on top of that, I'm playing with Gary, playing for Gary Williams. Gary is tough on point guards, tougher yes. than anybody else, you know? Yes. So that was a big change for me, man. Like, uh, you know, Coach Wooten, who I had never heard curse before, you know, very sarcastic, you know, could, mm. could, could, stab you with his sarcasm but Gary mm -hmm. complete 180 like he I thought my <laughs> name was motherfucker for quite a while <laughs> do you know what I mean right 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 I'm like you know I'm first game I'm like whoa hey man <laughs> Wayne right. you know I didn't recruit me you didn't say all that stuff so that took a right, while right. man that, that took right. that took quite a while for me uh, yeah absolutely man um yeah I was going to ask you man what, what was it like you know playing for a younger Coach Williams, you know, when like I, like I said, I, I, like I said, I knew I knew when I played for him, he was fiery, you know, and everything. <laughs> but like, how was how was that? How was okay? Two two pop. How was playing for a younger Coach Williams? And imagine Coach Williams coaching during uh, COVID, like basically there's no uh, fans. <laughs> come on, bro, that's not even fair. <laughs> hey, bro. Hey, we. Hey, bro. hey, there wouldn't be no kids left in the program, man. <laughs> Gary be like, what the hell? Mental wellness? What the hell? Who talk about? Get out here and be ready to play at 3.30. Exactly, no, I, I, that, that, that'd be a tough, man. But uh, yeah, playing for Gary, man, was uh, it was a it was a, a, a huge blessing. And I didn't realize the blessing until much later in my career uh, because there was always a sense of urgency, man, in everything that we did, you know, whether it be shoot around, obviously practice, um, sideline out of bounds baseline out of bounds it was like nah we need this done like yesterday you know what i mean and i think a lot of that came from the fact that you know a lot of people fail to remember coach williams took this job from ohio state he had ohio state rolling i think he had the number one recruiting class in the country when he came here to maryland and he came under the pretense that hey maryland was going to be facing some kind of ncaa sanctions but he was pretty much told that they're not going to be that severe well months later after he gets the job they're like Oh, you guys got like a year or two postseason ban, no live TV, reduction in scholarships. So my freshman year was the very first year that we were completely off of probation and all the limitations that the NCAA had placed on the University of Maryland men's basketball team. 
And I always got a sense that Gary was like, man, he was like a fighter in a corner. And he felt mm -hmm. like I've got to go earn some respect, you know? Right. Um, and, and that's the reason why, man, I, I feel, I felt so good, at, you know, when I go back and look at video and everything, like us winning that game, my freshman, my sophomore year, we beat Georgetown uh, in, 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 at their home court. They were nationally ranked. We were picked 12th in the ACC or whatever it was, and we went in overtime. And to see him jumping around and everything, man, I think that's where you saw all of that stuff come out because he had been, you know, Maryland had been pushed down for such a long time ever since the death of Lynn Bias. And I think that for him, it was like, hey, we got some footing. We got a foundation to build this thing off of. And, you know, I'm, I'm, that's something I'm really proud about. Absolutely. And I was going to touch on that, too, because I know when I was there, obviously they're not playing Georgetown no more. But, you know, we didn't play when I was there. We didn't play Georgetown. But everybody wanted to see that Merlin-Georgetown games again. Well, y'all um, didn't play because we beat them. And it was like, nah, we're not returning the basketball <laughs> game. That sucked. They didn't play for years later. But I, I digress. I won't get into that. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. But what, what, what was that like, man? Like, you know, those that it's just like you got the North Carolina, the Duke rivalries because they're in the same area. They're not that far from each other. But, like, what was that like, that Merlin-Georgetown, especially back then? When DC was DC, like it was, it was different. You know that, like you said, man. Georgetown had what it had going on. Then, like you said, man. I know y'all beat them when they was highly ranked. But what was that? What was that rivalry like? And then you had to see those guys out and y'all go out and in, in the streets. Like, what, what was that? Yeah, we went. Like? We went to the same clubs and everything. Yeah, you know what I mean. A couple of them tried to hit on our girls. Tried to hit on their girls. The whole deal. Right, right. You know, but it was interesting because like there wasn't a quote unquote rivalry because they hadn't played since you know Lefty was there. And, and and that was it was some time ago, um, and obviously John Thompson, man, the, all the work that he did to build that program, uh, Georgetown, to what it was. So we we got the game, um, you know, it was it was a pretty big deal, especially from the Maryland fans, you know. And we go into their arena, and I walk out, and probably three quarters of the arena is like they're rocking red. It was like a home game on on their court, um, and then the fact that you know how it is man here in the dc area you know the guys who are from the dc area we got a we got a lot of pride um four of our four of our top players were from the dc area at the time myself x-ray hip johnny Rhodes, uh and obviously joe smith was down the road in norfolk you know we we, we had a lot of pride man and, and here in the summertime you know how it is you play in the kinder league up at georgetown and mcdonough arena you know, you, you can't have your whole team uh, playing on one team. Right. So we, we had a couple of Maryland guys here, a couple going against a couple of Georgetown guys there. So there was always some of that, you know, uh, uh, outside of, of playing in games and everything. There was always some competition there. So to get that win, yeah, that was pretty big. Yeah, yeah, man. Like I, like I said, man, a lot of this stuff, you know, I'm just even learning about or just, you know, I hear stories about. So when yeah. I get a chance to, you know, talk to guys that actually experienced it, it's always, you know, you think it's you think this stuff is for the fans a lot of times a lot of times it's, I appreciate it more than anything you know what I mean just being a, a former player and then to hear these stories from these guys before my time um with the history of it and, and I know you touched on the man y'all y'all hey y'all had a mob bro and y'all had a mob <laughs> hey hey bro man you know like you said X Reed you know Johnny you know uh with Joe Smith what what was that like man playing like those group of guys man like. I know you play with them, so it's a little different when you when you in the midst of it. But from the outside looking in, you're like, man, they was they was they, they had a mob, man. So what what was that like? What was the practices like? What was that experience like? You know? Yeah. So uh, I'll yeah. go back, man. Um, so obviously myself and myself and Keith Booth, we Keith and I played with each other 
AAU basketball with a team called uh, DC Players. Those who know AAU basketball in this area, man, Donnie Gross, who ran that program. I mean, we got we had some tough, tough players. I mean, we had myself, uh, Stacy Robinson, who was supposed to go to Maryland before he went to JUCO. Uh, Von Jones, who ended up at GW, Demathic guy, Hall of Fame Demathic guy, mm-hmm. Keith Booth, like I said, Mike Lloyd, who ended up going to Syracuse, who was a McDonald's All-American, uh, Dante Bright, who went to UMass and was a part of that UMass Elite Eight team. He was a McDonald's All-American, but Keith was one year behind me, so we had played with each other. Uh, myself and Johnny, we competed against each other. I didn't know Johnny that well. Like we, we hated each other. You know, he went to Dunbar, went to the math, we beat them uh, in the city title game. They beat us. So we knew of each other. X3 and I, we, we all grew up. X3, Johnny and I all grew up in Southeast close to each other. And we didn't even know each other for quite some time. So yeah. fast forward, um, when it comes time for me to want to, to, to go to Maryland, I reach out to Keith. I reach out to Stacy Robinson, like, yo, let's, Let's do this thing, man. Like, bet, let's let's do it. So right. those guys all commit with obviously Keith being behind us. I found out that Keith had finally committed. My freshman year, we lose to Carolina in ACC in the ACC tournament in Charlotte. And like we lost, the season's over with. And all I hear is Billy Hahn, our assistant coach, jumping up and down. We got him. We got him. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, man, we just lost a damn game. <laughs> right, right. So right. excited about. So right, right. Keith had committed. So fast forward, we, you know. Obviously, this kid, Joe Smith, I remember him coming on this visit and we were shooting around. I could see he had nice touch and everything, but I didn't I didn't know anything about Joe Smith. Fast forward, he, you know, he commits, comes on campus and we're going into my sophomore year. My freshman year, we're terrible. You know, we we finished probably last in the ACC, getting our heads handed to us every single night. So Joe Smith is we knew he was good, but it wasn't really apparent until. A Sunday night, it was our very first time on campus as a team. He and Keith are freshmen. We had a guy named Nemia Petrovic. Nemia came in when I came in. And Nemia was the incumbent. He was he was going to be the starting center. You know, he played the year before, could shoot it. European kid could really shoot it 6'9, tough. And Travis, if I could, if I tell you the clinic that Joe Smith put on Nemia Petrovic that Sunday night, I mean. It was like taking candy from a baby. Now everybody's just like, whoa, this dude pretty good. So fast forward the next day, it's like 3 4 o'clock. I walk up in my suite and a couple of my teammates like, yo, you hear about Nemia? And I'm like, nah, what, what's going on? He all right? Man, transferring. The very next day, Nemia was like, he probably said, I'm not playing here because this dude is, <laughs> is damn good. That good? I mean, that's, hey, that was the, that that's... Was the kind of beat down that Joe Smith put on this dude wow, in a pickup man. game to make him say, I can't stay here because I ain't going to play in front of this guy. Wow. That's yeah, crazy, but through man. that preseason, man, you could just see it like, oh, no, nah, this dude ain't good. He's he's special. He's special. And I, it, it was it was incumbent upon us as, as his players, man, to realize, like, yeah, we all bring certain things to the table. But at the end of the clock, when we got to get a bucket, Hey, Joe, get on that block. We're going to throw the ball into you. We're going to play off of you. You know what I mean? So it wasn't rocket science. It wasn't rocket right. science at all, man. But uh, to see those guys, and, they, and, and the thing about it, man, we were all competitive. I mean, we, we all brought different things to the table. Mm-hmm. And um, that was one of the most united, tight teams, man, that I've ever been a part of. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's 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 crazy, man. Like like you said, like like I said, stuff that I don't know, man. I'm pretty sure a lot of fans don't know. They, they love to hear stories like that. Um, 
Hey man, it, it got, got him so good he made a transfer, bro. Bro, <laughs> I knew it was bad, but I was like, it ain't that bad, bro. Like, come on, bitch, back him up a little, bro. Right, 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 right. That good, man. He put it, he put in work, man. And then was gone after that year, man. Yeah. That's uh, um, another play I want to ask you about um is um, cause coach used to always bring him up when I was playing there, man. X Reed Hill. Like I, I know, like so. So how was he? You know, I know he was like, like my height, six seven, six eight, six nine. Um, so what, what was like, like his game? He was Johnny. I'm sorry, X may be one of the most gifted, God gifted, talented players that I've ever played against. Long, he could sit down in the stance, man, and take up so much space. He could really guard. And if you had the ball and a break as a point guard, and he was running the wing. Man, all you had to do was just time up when you wanted to give it to him and where you wanted to give it to him, whether it be a drop off or just throw it to the rim. He just he'd go get it. Um, and then he could shoot the ball from three really well. Uh, I always tell people if in today's game, if the type of season that he had after his sophomore year, the year that we went to the Sweet 16 for the first time in like 10 years, you know, X very well could have declared for the draft and been a fringe first round pick, I think. You know, he was he was that good. Really talented, man. Um, X love the party. You know that. Hey, that's why that's why hey, hey, that's why coach you to bring him up to me. <laughs> hey, bro. Hey, I love to you that. Hey, coach used to bring him up to me all the time when I was in practice. Like, man, you know, you know, he bring he bring X name up. He be like, man, X three was really good player, man, but just Love, love, love the party. You love, love the party, and, and 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 that's how it was. And he used to bring that up to me every time in practice. It was me. It was he. He was always comparing me to X Ray Hill every time in practice, bro. Every uh, time in practice, man. X great dude, man. I'm pretty sure he oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. wouldn't Big mind bro. us talking Big about bro. it now, man. But like, yo, we might have lifting at six thirty, man. I'm coming out. Everybody walking to the car, ready to walk across campus. X just pulling up. Hey, man, I go inside, man, grab me some Cheetos, man. I'm going to meet y'all at the locker room. <laughs> meet you at the weight room. <laughs> hey, but it was, what was wild was he would he would do his work and show up to practice and be full go. He just he just did it. That was his thing. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, I, I definitely not. I heard, I heard he was a really good player, man. And, you know, especially, like I said, y'all had a mob, man. You know, then we all had Keith, Keith Booth, all you guys together, man. Like, like what was what was some of the... What was what was some of the greatest moments you had during your time at Maryland and experience or some stuff like a story that you that nobody may not know about besides the one when uh, Joe Smith made uh, his teammate quit besides that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I had quite a few, man. You know what? At the end of the day, man, just that feeling of being the quote unquote underdog. You know, that was kind of the reason why I went to Maryland. I mean, I had a chance, you know, my, my, my final schools, man, were, were Duke. Um, Wake Forest, uh, Providence at the time, Rick Barnes, Leonard Hamilton was at Miami. He was just getting things going. And I was like, I felt if I went to Duke, it was going to be like going into the math or some, to, to some degree in terms of like, they always win. And I was mm-hmm. like, man, I want to, I want to, I want to like help a pro. I want to be like a, a groundbreaker to some degree. You know what I mean? I got lucky in being able to play with some of the, the really talented players that I was able to play with, but to be able to go on the road and beat Duke at the buzzer when we hadn't done it in years, to be able to go into the Dean Dome and win a game we hadn't done it in years, to be able to uh, tie for the ACC regular season championship my junior year when we hadn't done it in years, you know, going to those locker rooms, man, and, and, and just having that feeling, 
there was there's nothing like it, nothing like it. And then another big big time moment for me, our sophomore year, which was Joe and Keith's freshman year. You know, again, we were picked twelfth or whatever. We start the season, we we win uh, against Georgetown. We start the season, ACC season on the road against Georgia Tech. They were nationally ranked. We went and beat them, beat them good. And we exceeded expectations, but even still at the end of the season, we had to win a game or so to like really get in. And I remember we had UVA and they were talented, man, tough. You know, Corey Alexander at the point guard position, Yuri Bonds, Jason Williford, Junior Burroughs, like tough physical team. And we ended up beating them the last regular season game. We were like, we were hoping and praying like, man, we hope that's enough. We hope that's enough. And we're sitting in our locker room doing selection Sunday and one screen goes past and another screen and another screen travel. We don't get, we don't see our name pop up until the very last screen. And like, dude, the feeling that we had, I've never cried because like I was happy. I used to see that like, man, that's the dumbest thing. How can you be yeah. happy and cry? Man. But dude, I was just so overcome with emotion, man. It was like, we all in there hugging each other and just like, dude, that, that feeling right there was just, was just surreal, surreal. I can I can imagine, <clears throat> like you said, man. A, a lot of people probably who don't play sports don't understand what it all takes into getting to that point. You know, I yeah. know the, the the feeling like in 2004 we won the AC championship that year. Like we was on a bubble going there, so we we had to grind it out. Like, yeah. like we was we was sophomore, we were young, so we, we were all young, man, and we had to grind it out, and then we ended up winning it all. And then of course, me by us winning the AC championship, we ought to automatically get that bid to get in. <clears throat> but just that grind and just had to deal with that the outside world depicting us. So we had to literally just focus on the locker room, you know, the, no, the locker room no, and, and a lot inside, of people yep. exactly a lot of people don't understand what goes on in that grind and what we had to deal with outside of basketball and everything that goes. It's like the it's so much junk that's in there that we had to simplify it, you know, for no, we no. can be successful. You know, and a lot of people don't no, understand no. it. They may not play the game. They don't understand yeah. that, you know? I'm, I'm just glad I didn't, we didn't have social media at the time, man, and getting on Twitter and having people bash you and your team and everything. We can kind of just isolate ourselves from that stuff. We had the Washington Post. You know, if you could watch, you could open that up or listen to Sports Talk Radio, but we were right. kind of insulated uh, relative to the kids now, for sure. Man, I, hey, look here, man. Hey, it, it was by God's grace. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was by God's grace, bro. That we didn't have social media. Social media, these, these 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 camera phones. Yeah, oh, yeah, hey, yeah, bro. yeah. Hey, God, that would have been good. Grace, that would not have been good. Hey, that would not have been good. Hey, Dude, hey. This is my age and my generation. We talk about that all the time, man. How many times would you have been on a ticket? Oh, how many times would you have been on ESPN at the at the, at the, at the on the crawl at the bottom? Oh hey, yeah, bro. hey bro, no doubt. Hey, hey bro, no doubt. we just had we just had my friends. I think during my time that we had Facebook come on. And you need to know you needed your UMD ID to get on, and I didn't even know my UMD ID, so I can't get on. I can't get on anyway. And I was like, man, forget it. I'm good. Hey, but so, by the grace, hey, by the grace of God, man, that we didn't have any social media, man, it'd have been ugly, like you said, man. <laughs> that that ticket would have been going around 24/7, bro. <laughs> hey, but um, all right, so 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 you 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 finish up at Maryland, man. Now you starting your pro career. Like, what was that process like? Like you said, man, it's, it's, it's different chapters as us athletes, man. We got the high school, college, and then us fortunate enough, we're going to play uh, on that professional level. So what was your process like? What was what was that transition like? What was that process like for you? Um, so when I came out, I, I went down to Portsmouth, um, you know, for the, the 
pre-draft stuff and everything. Played really well my first game. I remember my agent calling me, hey, man, like, talk about possibly, like, you know, late first round. I'm like, oh, man, you know, I had a real good game. Won the game. And then the next two games, I played okay, and our team's lost. And that year, Derek Fisher uh, was there. Moochie Norris was there, you know, uh, DMV dude. And um, so I didn't, I didn't progress to Chicago. And I, I really felt in my heart, man, I'm like, I, don't, I didn't really think that I was ready from a physical standpoint to be able to play at that level because I played against pros and everything. I was like, to be consistent, man, and, and like really make my mark, I didn't really feel I was ready. So I went overseas. My first year I played in Belgium, uh, had a pretty good season. And then the following year I was able to get a contract and play in France. And uh, in that year, that spring, my daughter was born, my very first child. And I was like, man, like I, I want to spend some time with her. I, I, I honestly felt like at the time I was really frustrated because I wanted to make the NBA and everything. Went to some CBA trials. That was actually the year that they had the lockout in 98. And, you know, I just felt like, man, I might be done. And so I did that, stopped playing for a while. And I started just doing a ton of training, uh, small group training. I was doing summer camps and everything. That was kind of like my outlet. Uh, had a little side business, little beeper and cell phone business going on at the yeah, time. Yeah. And then I started getting into coaching. I went and coached with Joe Wooten at Bishop O'Connell. First, I was at the math as a, as a JV coach for a year. And then I went with Joe, uh, Joe, Joe uh, Wooten over at Bishop O'Connell for a year. And that's when I got that itch, man. I'm like, I'm not done playing yet. And yeah. I was fortunate enough, man, to play. Went to the uh, the now defunct USBL. Lionel Hollins was my coach, who, who's oh, wow. NBA coach and everything. Man, I learned so much from this dude from an X's and O's standpoint and a and just a, a, a roster management standpoint. Man, a tremendous blessing. Um, and then I was fortunate enough, man, to play well enough, and I got you know my best contract that I had gotten up until that point in um, playing in Milan, Italy, and mm -hmm. I did that for a year. And then my 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 son was born the following year while I was in China. And um, I told the people in China, I said, hey, my son's gonna be born in December. Before I come over there, you guys fine with it? Yeah, we're fine, we're fine. I get over there, I'm hooping, I'm playing well. December comes, hey, I gotta get on this bird, man. I, I gotta get back, I gotta see the birth of my son. Oh, they hemming and hawing, oh, da, da. Talk about that, you know, withholding my money and everything. I was like, you know what? I just took that as God's sign. It's like, you're done with this hooping thing. So I said, yeah. you know what? Whatever you wanna pay me, pay me, but just know I'm getting on this plane tomorrow. Right, so right, right, uh, that, right. was, that was my last year playing professionally, man. And then that's when I really just started, uh, you know, focusing in on uh, my, my, my college coaching career. Honestly, um, I was a high school coach for two years at Sitwell Friends School. Um, and then after that, I was a high school coach, uh, head coach at, at St. Albans School for four years. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was frustrated because I was like, man, I want to coach in college. Um, I think I feel like I'm spinning my wheels in high school, but it's interesting, man. Like I'm a big believer in God and he's got, he's got things mapped out for you for a reason. And I look back on it now, I got a chance to run my own program. I fundraised, I did a number of things, uh, that will make me a better, it's made me a better college coach as an assistant. And it will bode bo well for me when, if, and when the time does come, I'm blessed enough to have a, a head coaching uh, position in college as well. Um, so that's kind of like where I, where I got to, man. I'm in my sixth year now at George Mason. Um, loving it, working for a, a great coach and Coach Dave Paulson, a great person first and foremost. And um, that's where we are now. Man, that's, that's, that's great, man. I know, you know, obviously I've been keeping up and following you, you know, cause you big bro. And then I know a lot of people, the Terps, you know, even other people as well that want to know what's going on with you. I remember 
I remember, man, you you uh, you gotta remember this. You probably don't remember this this little part I'm gonna tell you, but I know you remember us. You was coaching us over in Sweden when we went over my junior year when I was yes. at the math. You was yep. our, you was our, you was our coach. You was our coach. Corey and, McRae um, was on that team. Yep. Great, great. It was a great experience, man. But I, I tell guys this all the time, and, and as an athlete, man, it's it's. <clears throat> I mean, I go through it now with some of the guys I mentor. But it's, it's pieces that we pick apart that stay with us to this day. It stayed with th- throughout my whole career. I remember a conversation we had at a bus stop. We was, we was, waiting, we was waiting for the bus. And we was, because I think we finished, we just got finished practicing or something, but we were sitting at a bus stop and I was asking you about, you know, the pro career and things that like. we just talked about basketball and just the, the whole process of it all. And I remember sitting there, man, you kind of broke it down to me from, you know, what I needed to do to get to where I wanted to go. And then you talked about the, the professional level and then you know college basketball as well i don't know if you remember that conversation do you i don't remember that one specifically i remember it was one night we stayed up like all night man we were just talking about any and everything any and everything and then we would talk about potentially maryland and and, and the recruitment process and everything but that's interesting that stuck with you because i don't remember that one man 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 i, I, I tell you all the time and, and i i had i told Walt too man that you guys, man, because you big bro. And then you, like I said, the math is, I used to see you all the time. And you hear stories all the time. And Coach Wu used to uh, rave about you all the time. And then when I have a chance to talk to you guys and you guys give us advice, you know, whether we follow it or not. I mean, I always mm-hmm. remember those things and I always appreciate that stuff, man. So I know for me, man, you know, I, I definitely appreciate you. Every time I see you, man, it's always love, you know, yes. because of the advice you gave me, the support you gave me through, you know, my, my Damatha career in Berlin, and even to this day, stuff I got going on, stuff I'm trying to do. Man, I, I, I appreciate you. I'm pretty sure a lot of these, uh, your former players, guys you trained and mentored, and even the guys there now that George Mason, man, because, man, you, you killing it. And I already know it's only a time, it's only a matter of time until you get that head coaching job. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. I think that's, for me, man, that's why this is so rewarding to hear stories like that. Um, it's cool, obviously. I'm competitive. I want to win games and everything. I'm coming from winning programs. But at the end of the day, to be able to have, you know, an invitation from a former uh, student athlete of mine from, from St. Albans saying he's getting married. He wants me to come to the wedding. Or a, a simple text from a kid like, hey, coach, man, I appreciate, you know, uh, the words of wisdom you gave me in, you know, the spring of 2009 or, or, or whatever. And then perfect case in point, the things that you just you just pointed out, like that, that's why I do this. You know, the wins and losses, man, that stuff's going to take care of itself. I, I, I know that. Been there, done that. But trying to do right by people, man, is starting to just steadily plant seeds into those student athletes that I work with. And, you know, quite honestly, the majority of them that I coach and work with, they're African-Americans, you know. Right. And there's some things that I've experienced both at the student athlete level, at the professional level as a dad, as a husband, these are things, man, they're like, this is my testimony. I'm sharing right. these things with you. It's my dad always used to tell me, I'm telling you tomorrow's news today. Mm-hmm. There's no different. There's no difference. Yeah, 96 to 2006 to 2021. Yeah, the technology changes and everything else. But at the end of the day, a lot of stuff's still the same. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You got you to do right by people. got to try to put your best foot forward. You got to be able to fight through adversity. All of those things, man, those things never change. Absolutely, absolutely, man. <clears throat> like I said, man, I definitely appreciate you uh, joining the Go Tur- Go Turpins with Travis Garrison on the Field of State State Networks. Uh, my big bro, Dwayne Simpkins, man, it's an honor, and I appreciate you taking time with your busy schedule because I know you got to get on into that floor. 
Um, I just, I, I just want to wish you the best of luck, man, through um, the rest of the season this year. My young boy AJ Wilson, kill, killing it, killing yes, it. Sir. That's my guy. Um, tell him I said what's up. But yeah, man, I definitely appreciate you coming yeah. on. Um, and yeah, man. So I appreciate you, big bro. Really, man. Thanks. Thank you, bro. Much love to you, man. Appreciate you. All right, man. Tell the family I say hello too. We'll do. We'll do. All right, bro.